Are you sheltering in place, isolated, feeling alone? <coughs> well, then you're just like us. Hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the quarantined hit, it's time for... Suckatash. Suckatash Shut-In, the Soundcast stimulus package featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcasts. And now, here's your host for this episode, Tyson Saner! Salute to that's me, Tyson Saner. I am your host this week on Succotash Shut-In, episode 244. How y'all doing? It's the second week of March 2021, and according to the news and late-night TV talk show hosts, we here in America have been in the thick of COVID-19 for an entire year now. The virus was actually here earlier than that, but the lockdown started in March, so cheers to those of you who cared enough to mask up and play it safe to avoid that very real bit of science called asymptomatic spread. Thank you for taking the danger seriously. I only wish everybody had, but, uh, mm, humans. That's all. Just humans. That says it all. Some of them are very stubborn. Some of them are very dumb. And some of them are responsible for killing your loved ones. I feel like there should be an accountability for that, but no one is asking me. In case you missed episode 243, it was hosted by show creator Mark Hershon and featured clips from Chill Pack Hollywood Hour... Screams and Moans, Waking from the American Dream, and the Four Corners podcast. You can still listen to it at Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, or Google Podcasts, the Laughable app, iHeartRadio, YouTube, or even on our own home site, which is at SuckatashShow.com. But again, this is Show 244, and I've got clips for you from the Soundcasts, Mayim Bialik's Breakdown with Mayim Bialik, Humboldt Holding Up, and Behind the Bastards. There is a sort of theme to this episode, and maybe you can figure out, more or less, what that is before the show is over. I'm pretty sure I could find an advertisement from our longtime fake sponsor Henderson's Pants somewhere around here that is more or less appropriate. Anyway, let's get to the clips. First up, Mayim Bialik's Breakdown. Its description says, Mayim Bialik's Breakdown is a quirky, informative, and interactive podcast breaking down the myths and misunderstandings about mental health and emotional well-being. Neuroscientist Mayim Bialik combines her academic background with vast personal experience to provide listeners with valuable practical advice focusing on removing the stigma surrounding mental health and encouraging an understanding of the mind-body connection. Nothing is off-limits as Mayim breaks it down with an amazing collection of guests. So the clip is from an episode from March 9th, 2021. It's called Personal Truth, Transformation, and Managing Anxiety with Glennon Doyle. The episode description says... Mayim gets starstruck and emotional talking with New York Times best-selling author, Oprah Book Club alum, and featured, uh, it says, goop friend Glennon Doyle. Now, I don't know if that's a typo, and it min- means to say good friend, but it is capitalized, and I know that goop is a thing, so maybe they are goop friends. Anyway, uh, Mayim and Glennon bond about the challenges of being publicly vulnerable and the emotional toll it takes to share authentically. We discuss blended families, making relationships work, and how to improve communication when both parts of a couple are in recovery. The ep touches on personal transformation, finding one's personal truth, and how Glennon and Mayim's relationship with anxiety has changed over time. Do not miss this emotional, heartfelt, and very personal episode. How do you know all the stuff you know? Like, there's a difference between admiration and love. I know that's true, but I would never think to say it. 
where do you get the things that are in your head? You're not a therapist. You know, you didn't go to school for that. That's not your thing. Like you had a very, you know, (laughs) I don't want to say domestic life, but you had like Mm -hmm. a, you had that kind of life, right? Mm -hmm. Where did all those, were those things in there? And they were just like waiting to find a place for you to release them. Like sometimes I say things or I was interviewed next to Yuval Noam Harari the other day and he's a historian and a philosopher and like the man said things that sound like the preface to a book that he hasn't written yet. I'm like, I don't talk like that. And I'm not saying you speak like this philosopher historian, but like when one reads your books, it's like, where did it come from? It's just you sit and think. Obviously you've been to therapy and you have a 12-step structure, but like it just like this is just that's how you think. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I, th- I I actually believe there are some practical answers to this question. Okay. And I've never tried to put them into words before. So forgive me if they're not organized, but I think that there are some benefits to the kind of severe introvert that I am. I truly believe, and I don't mean this funny in a funny way that while people are out there doing things, <laughs> Yeah. They're, they're busy doing things. I don't know what the hell they're doing out there. It they're shopping scary. online. <laughs> yeah, they're, right, I'm just online and they're in stores maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but they're doing things. Social things. You know, I am have always been a stay-homer, a thinker, a reader of things. I spend a lot of time. I think of it as like a gift I could offer to the world. Like while I, you go out and you have your real jobs, <laughs> my job. <laughs> is to stay home and think so hard that I'm going to give you this sentence that's going to help make the, it's going to make sense. It's going to make your brain make more sense. That's what I can do. So I think being someone who has been a serious, dedicated, almost obsessive reader since mm-hmm. I was six years old, I think um, being an introvert, being someone who's in a, a same gender marriage, I'm sorry, but like all we do is talk. Yeah, that's astounding to me too. I can't understand it. Listen, we're two women. We're both seekers. We're both sober. We don't do anything but talk. Like I was talking to my friend Liz. Liz Gilbert's one of my best friends. She, when she was in a relationship with Raya, her love who died a couple of years ago, but we used to talk about what it's like to be in a same gender marriage. And she used to talk about it feels like those women in, who used to like go down to the river and just start beating out rugs and just beat them all day. That's what it's like, Abby and I, all day, just talking about subjects until we just want to die, really. I mean, but that doesn't sound attractive right now. No, it, no, I'm not trying to say it is. I'm just saying that's what it's like over here. Right. Okay. Through that conversation, you simplify very complex things and you get gems of sentences that sound very poetic and make other people have their life make sense. Right. And it's like, oh, wow, she just said that thing. And I'm like, that thing took me eight and a half months. Right. Like that thing. Mm -hmm. And also, you guys, I have a high level of anxiety about everything. But particularly when I am releasing a piece of art into the world, I am appalled by this situation where you make something. And that's the thing you made. Like untamed is the best I can say about the subject. Right. (laughs) Those are the words that I worked really hard on and put multiple them into drafts, the world. Lots many of drafts. drafts, lots of thinking, lots of thinking. And then the world's like, can you go talk about, about that book right. for a year? And I'm like, but I'm just saying things worse than I said them in the book. Right. So I have anxiety about that part of it, about going out into the world and talking about the thing I made. 
which is very interesting. Like painters don't have to do that. They don't have to make a painting and then go talk about their painting for a year. You just have to read, you just have to look at the painting and decide what it means. Well, my cousin's a modern painter and she has to write like a little paragraph, which sounds so painful to have to describe what all these lines are. Yeah. Just look at them. (laughs) Just look at them. Just look. How do you feel? That's how you feel. You write the paragraph after you look at it. That's right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Thank you. So when I was starting this process to go talk about the book, I would write down and questions that I knew people would ask me. I would write paragraph answers. I would speak the answers, you guys, into a phone and then listen to myself. It's embarrassing to tell you how much I would prepare. You literally were creating the tape in your head, as we call it. (laughs) Exactly. So that I could be like one of those dolls where you just pull the string in the back. And they're like, tell us what you think about sexuality. And I'm like, huh, let me think. (laughs) And it just like all comes out for when I so some of it's not spur of the moment. It's just stuff I've thought about. And and did that reduce the anxiety? No, nothing reduces my anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe I Lexapro medication does. I actually believe that breathing exercises, yep. some of this woo-woo stuff really does help me. We talk about a lot of woo-woo stuff here. Because mm-hmm. like my yeah. feeling is like, I don't know what that crystal does, but I like having it there. So let's uh, just let it be there. <laughs> Yeah. So you could find the show by going to Mayim Bialik's Twitter, which is at Miss Mayim, that is all lowercase M I S S M A Y I M. Guest Glennon Doyle is on Twitter at capital G L E N N O N, capital D O Y L E. And a co host and a guest board runner, I'm not sure exactly, Jonathan Cohen. Can't find him on Twitter, but he is the founder of The Stories Company, which I believe you can find on Twitter at The Stories Lab is T-H-E-S-T-O-R-I-E-S-L-A-B. That is all lowercase. And the show's main website can be found at bialikbreakdown.com, which is www.bialikbreakdown.com. Also, you can watch the show on YouTube, and it has great production value. Next up, Humboldt Holding Up. This is from the local publication, local to me, that is, Lost Coast Outpost. Show description says Loco, it's, that is capital L, small O, and then a capital C and a capital O for Lost Coast. So I'll just say Loco. Loco has a podcast. We are checking in with Humboldt folk in this odd post-COVID world, and you can too. New episodes most weeks, we'll call it. The episode that the clip has been taken from was published on January 31st, 2021. And the episode is called Performance Artist Noel August on Adapting Club Triangle, Her Alter Ego Tucker Noir, Pandemic Momming, and Working on That Jason Segal Movie. It's a very long episode title. Its description is actually shorter. It says Loco catches up with Noel August slash Tucker Noir on all of her pandemic pursuits. I don't I don't want to gloss over this because I, I think it's impressive, but we, I should say if we if we haven't said stated specifically that for every Saturday over the last year since you shut down, I mean, y'all have put on some sort of online gathering on, you know, yeah. whether it be on, on Instagram, just like, you know, the, the club triangle diehards have, yeah. have come and it's, you know, and it's not the same. It's not where there it's, it's, it's not to right. replace, but it's, it's just like to give uh, the people who garnered a sense of community from that gathering, something to hold on to as we all deal with, the the hellscape of now 
Yes. To, to, to say like, you're not, to, to, you're not completely isolated. You know, the, the fear of isolation was really what kicked that, that whole Saturday thing in because I, I, uh, this, this, the queer and trans community suicidality is, you know, way higher in, in this, you know, a people group. And so isolation, uh, and fear of the unknown and, you know, loss can, can trigger all of that. And so this idea that like, Hey buddies, your friends are still here. We're all still here. So we did things like, um, you could tune in and learn ASL. You could learn how to journal. You could, um, have a little dance party. You could watch a horror movie. You could play a drinking game. You could uh, learn makeup art. You could just hang out. You could learn about uh, trans-specific topics. Um, you you know you could watch cartoons like what again that idea that we we're bringing to the stage that if you have something to offer, other people feel that too will resonate with it too. And so opening it up to the club triangle performers, like what do you love? What do you care about? Um, other people love and care about that too. And and putting that out there so that everybody could have yeah i used to see that you would do a lot of kind of like weekly themes stuff like that to kind of to kind of drive the engagement is that still going on or is that still sort of part of it we we've slowed down on the challenges um we were doing them hardcore at first like every week and then we were doing them every month because at first it was really important that people were doing something a lot of people felt like they didn't have anything to to do and they didn't have anything to sort of mark the weeks mark the months you know like it was just empty time sort of passing and they didn't have any reason to sort of like have any creative expression so we did really fun challenges and got the community to submit and that's one of the uh, to to submit like uh it would be a challenge like uh, a theme we did like in may we did like a tea party theme and so people you know would turn out their fun tea party things and 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 we would share all of that um, and so now moving into the Twitch shows, that's one of the aspects that we're looking to bring back is this, uh, um, every other month, these challenges that the community can participate in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of to, to, to wrap up on that. Like I, it, it's, it's, it has struck me as being very commendable. Just the, the, the commitment that that crew has had, uh, to maintaining that community and, and serving that community. Like every time I, I go and check in on, on like the, the club triangle social media, like, man, are they still doing that thing? Yep. Sure. are. <laughs> they, can, yeah. they cannot be stopped. I, I looked back at that before this, this interview, before this interview, I looked back at our, our interview from March and, and it said, you had said, you know, uh, you know, streaming Saturdays are this coming Saturday and every Saturday until things get back to normal. And I was looking at that like, yeah. oh, wow. Yeah. At the time, yeah. they probably didn't net realize what a commitment that was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> but they've, you know, they've kept their word. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's been really amazing because I just have to say, like, I want to give so much love, like, to the Club Triangle crew because they really have worked um and it it is work they've worked you know for almost a year for nothing club triangle hasn't brought in we brought in twenty dollars club triangle has made twenty dollars in the last year um and uh we divided up 
among the performers <laughs> who were in that particular show. We got to pay each of these performers $2. Um, uh, and, and so this, you know, they have done this because the, so, so what you feel at a club triangle, the love, the like excitement, those good feelings were real and so real to the point where these people have been willing to like keep that love going and keep that community connection going for nothing. You know, it has cost them, it has cost them time and energy and work and thought and planning and and, and all of that. And they've done it because um, they believe in, uh, you know, spreading goodness and, uh, and keeping art going, you know, art is where humanity lives. And so um, they, they are the best people, <laughs> just mm. the best yeah. people. Yeah. That's amazing. You can find Lost Coast Outpost on Twitter at capital L, capital C, capital O, U-T-P-O-S-T. Guest Tucker Noir can be found at capital T, U-C-K-E-R, capital N-O-I-R. Host Andrew Goff can be found at capital A-N-D-R-E-W, uh, Eli, which is capital E-L-I, and then Goff, capital G-O-F-F. Stephanie McGeary can be found at uh, Stephanie McGee 1, which is um, at capital S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E, capital M-C, capital G-E-A, and then the numeral 1. I um, would like to point out that Tucker Noir also has a thing that she does on Twitch, which you can find her at uh, Tucker Noir on Twitch, uh, same spelling, and it's called Dance Around the House, and it's pretty much every Saturday at 11 uh, in the morning Pacific Standard Time. If you want to go to the Humboldt Holding Up podcast, you can find it at the link I've provided. But if you go to lostcoastoutpost.com forward slash podcast forward slash and then Humboldt, which is H-U-M-B-O-L-D-T hyphen holding, which is H-O-L-D-I-N-G, and you should be able to find it there. I would like to add that although the show description refers to being, quote, in this odd post-COVID world, unquote, uh, and uh, currently, as of March 13th, 2021, we are not post in the sense that it is over, but in the sense that it is after COVID-19 began. If anything, we are mid-COVID because we are still very much during COVID. I do appreciate the bright future the show description brings to mind. Cheers. Well, hello, friends. Bill Haywatt here. You know, as the saying goes, fame is fleeting. But it doesn't have to be. When you become well-known for wearing Henderson's spiffy new Hooray for Hollywood slacks, you'll be doing a star turn every time you hit the town in these ultra-modern, ultra-cool pants because they are custom-fitted, but not customized to your contours. Oh, my goodness, no. Hooray for Hollywood slacks! designed for both men and women have been made to duplicate the look of some of the silver screen's most famous butts and groins. Imagine having your behind mistaken from behind for Cary Grant or Charlize Theron or the daring derriere of Scarlett Johansson or Bradley Cooper. Even the spectacular package of Milton Berle, Forrest Tucker or John Hamm. It's a case of mistaken identity that you'll be happy to 
you have. Not to mention that now as you bump and grind your way down the street, it will be like being on your very own personal walk of fame. Originally designed for Shire LaBeef, most residents of Reseda and the Beverly Hills Police Stalkers Task Force, Henderson's Hooray for Hollywood pants are available wherever the beautiful people are afraid to shop. Plus in Kardashian sizes by special order only. That's Henderson's makers of fine leggings and butt huggers since 1867. And now back to Sakatash. Thank you, Bill Haywatt. Okay, that wasn't appropriate at all. Or maybe that's why it is appropriate, because it's not. <laughs> Our final clip for the show is from a soundcast called Behind the Bastards from iHeartRadio. Its description says, There's a reason the History Channel has produced hundreds of documentaries about Hitler, but only a few about Dwight D. Eisenhower. Bad guys and gals are eternally fascinating. Behind the Bastards dives in past the cliff notes of the worst humans in history and exposes the bizarre realities of their lives. Listeners will learn about the young adult novels that helped Hitler form his monstrous ideology, the founder of Blackwater's insane quest to build his own air force, the bizarre lives of the sons and daughters of dictators, and Saddam Hussein's side career as a trashy romance novelist. But not in this episode, specifically in this episode from March 9th, 2021, which is a part one, by the way. I can't wait to hear part two. It is called The Rush Limbaugh Episode, or sorry, The Rush Limbaugh Episodes with Paul F. Tompkins. Now, I jump at any chance to include Paul F. Tompkins' content in the program, and since he does so many different podcasts, there is uh, quite the opportunity to find him. So the show description, uh, the episode description rather, says Robert is joined by Paul F. Tompkins to discuss Rush Limbaugh, which is pretty much it. The, uh, there is also somebody there named Sophie Ray Lichterman. So it's Robert Evans and Sophie Ray Lichterman, which are hosting. All right. Was your upbringing particularly political, would you say? Not, uh, you know what? Not super political. I was raised, uh, 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 my family was a um, uh, lower middle class, uh, uh, big uh, Catholic family um, in Philadelphia in, in a, uh, a sort of suburb called Mount Airy. And we were uh, both of my, my family was like lifelong Democrats, you know, Philadelphia Democrats. And so that was kind of it. Like we were just sort of, um, you know, uh, like a conservative liberal family. Uh, and, um, yeah, I, I, we, we didn't talk a lot about politics in the house growing up. Um, and that was kind of it, but I knew that we were, we were liberal Democrats, you know, who were weirdly enough guided by, guided by, I'm not even going to say faith. I think we were guided by my parents, um, sort of morals where they were greatest generation depression babies. Um, and, uh, they voted straight Democrat. Um, but they were not like, even though we were Catholic, it was like, we were not single issue voters, you know? Um, but they, but my family was, my parents were, uh, brought up with the, the same, sort of um prejudices that people of their yeah. generation were brought up with you know but but yeah politics did not figure into it it was like when i got when i got uh you know a little older and out of the house and everything that's when i started um you know investigating my own politics and it was a, like a long yeah uh a journey you know 
That is very exciting to me, um, just because <laughs> you're you're you you came from kind of more of a, a, a you know a liberally background, and your introduction to Rush Limbaugh was kind of watching it as a character, right? Yes, uh, exactly. yeah. I grew up very conservative. Um, my parents were also lower middle class, verging on poor. And when I was like kind of little, a lot of economic anxiety, but extremely conservative. Yeah. I would say like our family religion was conservatism. And so Rush Limbaugh was caught whenever I was driving with my mom or my dad. Rush was on. We 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 listened wow. to him. My parents talked about him. So my upbringing with him was that this guy is like the prophet of of what's what's right, you know, both in the political sense and in the moral sense. Um, right. So I'm very excited about this. And I'm excited that you know who Morton Downey Jr. is, because we're going to be talking about him a bit, too. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, um, Rush Limbaugh is it's hard to oversell this guy's influence on our current mm -hmm. state of like, I think it would be fair to say we're kind of like verging on civil conflict right now between the right and left in the United States. For sure. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I think Rush Limbaugh has a huge might be the man most responsible for that. I, I I totally agree that his influence cannot be uh is it overestimated? Like Yeah, it he, cannot be it's, overestimated. It's like I I the day he died, mm -hmm. <laughs> I tweeted <laughs> I love um, that laugh. <laughs> uh I tweeted uh if I had to say something positive I, I guess if I had to say something positive, I'm glad Rush Limbaugh lived long enough to get cancer and die. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then that got that got picked up by yeah. uh, FoxNews.com. They did a roundup of, you know, uh, liberals celebrating yeah, cheering his um, death. Rush Limbaugh's death. Which really was just like, hey, if you want yeah. to harass some people, here's here's who to yeah. harass. And I had people I had people in my mentions on Twitter like saying things like, <laughs> uh you better pray you never meet me. <laughs> like, like people implying violence because I said I'm glad Rush Limbaugh is dead. I had and, somebody call my call my house and say Jesus. Rush Limbaugh contributed far more good to society than you ever will. Fuck my you. God. My yeah, God. Like, for Rush Limbaugh. This guy. But I mean. This I mean, guy had a show. He had a show. He wasn't a legislator. He wasn't he wasn't like some some sort of freedom fighter. This guy just had a show where he said mean things. Yeah, where where he repeatedly celebrated the deaths of his enemies and made yes. half a billion dollars doing it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's let's get into Rush's life. So the first thing I learned about him when I started digging him in, into him that may, might be the thing I learned about him that surprised me the most. Rush is not short for anything. Rush is a full a full first name. Uh, and in fact, Rush Limbaugh is the third Rush Limbaugh in his family line. They are very oh. proud of that name. His grandpa, Rush Sr., was born and raised in Bollinger County, Missouri. Uh, so he and I are both Missouri babies. He grew up into a world that was changing rapidly. Uh, Rush Sr. saw an electric light for the first time when he was 12. He took his first railroad trip in 1904 wait, wait, to see Rush the World's Fair in St. Louis. I always Louis. thought that he, yeah. had, he I always no. thought that was like one of those things where he was like, I choose that. That is the most shocking thing about him. He it, Rush Limbaugh is not only his full name, it is the only name his family seems to give their firstborn sons. <laughs> hey, if it ain't broke. <laughs> yeah, if it ain't broke. <laughs> so the show can be found on Twitter at BastardsPod, which is all lowercase, and it's B-A-S-T-A-R-D-S-P-O-D. Paul F. Tompkins can be found at capital P, capital F, capital T, Umpkins, O-M-P-K-I-N-S. Uh, Robert Evans can be found at a Twitter account called I Write OK, which is capital I, and then lowercase w-r-i-t-e, and then capital O, capital K. Uh, 
and Sophie Ray Lichterman can be found at <laughs> all lowercase Y Sophie Y, which is W H Y underscore S O P H I E underscore W H Y. I'd like to point out there are 20 links provided that are to various articles and news sources. And I would like to say that I appreciate the amount of research that went into the presentation that you would hear were you to listen to the episode in its entirety. And you could find Behind the Bastards online at iHeartRadio, which is www.iheart.com. Also, you can Google it, and you'll probably get the same results, because that's what I did. And here we are together again at the end, my friends. Some of you have already guessed tonight's more or less theme. March is Women's History Month, which you can learn more about by going to www.womenshistory.org. Also, March 8th is International Women's Day, which you can learn more about by going to www.internationalwomensday.com. So that's about all I have to say. I was going to try to write a bit about doing a mic drop, but it really didn't deserve to exist outside my head. Also, while I am technically speaking into a microphone, it is part of a recording device that I really don't want to damage. That's just true. Tune in next week for episode 245, hosted by Mark Gershon, and you'll hear from me the following week. Until then, be decent to each other, be safe, avoid the maskless like the literal plague until you've been vaccinated, and then after that, pay attention to the post-vaccination guidelines, and we'll get through this together. If you like the show, tell others about us and where to find us if they show the appropriate level of interest. It's more or less what we mean when we ask you to please pass us a catash. You've been listening to Suckatash Shut In, the Soundcast Stimulus Package, with your host, Tyson Saner. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on iHeartRadio, on YouTube, on SoundCloud, on the <laughs> laughable app, and tattooed on your mother's rear end. You can hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at tyson at suckatashshow.com. Or call into the Suckatash Skype line at our toll call number 818 921 7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcast directly to us using our direct upload link at hightail.com slash you slash Suckatash. Production of Suckatash is overseen by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our hosts are Mark Hershon and Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is still Kenny Durgis. And until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please wash your hands and pass the Suckatash. Goodbye. This has been a Succotash Patch production.